thing that bugged me the most was the carpet we used to have. And I look at the, the new carpet. Amen. That just blesses me. I was just sick. That was Valentino's reject carpet from, when did we put that in? Back in 95. And we got a, a special rate because it was a reject for Valentino's. And look how many years we had it. Yeah, it did well. It was a good carpet. So, But I was tired of that green. Amen. Um, we're going to unhook today. This will be the last message as far as I know on righteousness. And we didn't even begin to scratch the surface. And we're going to in the next few weeks share with you and, and teach um, along the helps, of, uh, helps ministry. And, uh, you know, after all this is said and done, like Kathy said, thank God for people that know how to roll up their sleeves and go to work. And even though, you know, we're a small church, we had people from all over. But in the days ahead, we, we need, it's, it's vital, that everyone find their place in the body and function. Amen? In your gift, and you might be doing something right now, you're, you've just been filling in for somebody and you're not happy in that capacity. Well, we'll give you an opportunity to, to you know, pray and, and see God. Maybe it'll be something different. Amen? You know, we get stuck in a rut, folks. I don't like ruts. And uh, we just need to make sure everybody's doing their job. Amen? Now... Let me read to you for, for, sake, for the sake of review here. We said the believer can, cannot enjoy true fellowship with God until he can stand in his presence without the consciousness of guilt, sin, or inferiority. This will require a mind that is renewed to the word of God and an understanding that he is now the righteousness of God in Christ. Look at Ephesians 4. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 4. God bless you if you're visiting with us today. Amen. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24. Let's look at verse 22. It says, That you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your what? Mind. And that you put on the new man, everyone say new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. If you're a born-again believer and Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you have God's righteous nature. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. And, and too many people that struggle with guilt and inferiority and, and self-condemnation all these years, you receive Christ, that's past, that's history. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. And so you and I need to take this mind. See, the mind can swing one way or the other. The old man 
sin consciousness or you can it can swing the other way where you realize you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And you're not going to be effective witness for God if you don't know who you are. You and I need to know who we are in Christ Jesus. Do you agree with that? Now, we said righteousness is the ability to stand in the Father's presence without the sense of guilt or inferiority. Righteousness is right standing with God. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior at the time of the new birth, you enter the kingdom of God as God's very own child and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. You and I as sons and daughters of God have certain rights and privileges because we are now in right standing with God. Say, I have certain rights and privileges. See, you need to look at yourself as a king and a priest before God. Yeah, we're servants of God, but we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. Amen? And, uh, you know, when I started ministering this, this is when I was sitting at my desk, I wrote this down, and this is a true statement. There are no degrees or levels to attain when it comes to our righteousness. When you and I get to heaven, we will not be any more righteous than we are right now. You need to meditate on that. Amen? We said righteousness is a free gift and comes through faith in Christ. Now look at John 16. I just got to, we got to find a place where we can unhook today. And John chapter 16, the words of Jesus Christ. In verse 8, Jesus said, and when he has come, who is he? The Holy Spirit. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me me no more. Now we, we said a few weeks ago, we talked about the convicting ministry of the Holy Spirit. It's the, the Holy Spirit's job when you and I were unbelievers and sinners. It's his job to open up our eyes to see that we need Jesus. Can't do it without the Holy Spirit. Dealing with your heart. You watch, I grew up sitting in front of a TV with my father, and we would sit. Some of you don't remember because, you know, you're not as old as, as I am. Remember watching Billy Graham. Remember that? Flies are attacking me. And... Billy Graham would stand and he'd give a message and he'd give an altar call. And you'd look in the stadiums and people would rise up and then flood down to the front to receive Jesus. Why did that happen? It's because the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, who's here today, who's in you, who is here corporately, It's the Holy Spirit dealing with your heart and my heart that you need Jesus. The Holy Spirit will deal with the heart of an unbeliever and bring him to the realization that he's a sinner and lost without Christ. An unbeliever could be described as spiritually dead and blind. We said spiritually dead people don't feel anything. Do they? They don't feel the conviction of sin. 
Only through the conviction of God's spirit can a spiritually dead man or woman woman be awakened to their need for Christ. The Holy Spirit will open their eyes to see the choice that must be made. Either stay in the sin or repent of their sin and cry out to God. Now, we want to talk about the convincing. That was the convicting part. Now we need to understand there's a convincing ministry. Say convincing ministry. The same Holy Spirit that convicted you of your sin, that opened up your eyes, opened up the eyes of a spiritually dead person to recognize the need for Christ, is the same Spirit that will open up your eyes and help you see you are the righteousness of God in Christ. And that, you know, thank God he helps us realize we need Jesus, but folks, we need to see who we are in Christ. That's why in the next few weeks we're going to talk, be talking about that. You need to know who you are. Well, yeah, you're a son and daughter of God, but you have a calling. You have a position in the body of Christ that you need to fill. But it takes the Holy Spirit to convince you. And, and that's just as supernatural as the Holy Spirit convicting you. Amen? Now, if the believer is not convinced. Are you believers today? Let me see your hand if you're a believer. If the believer is not convinced that he or she is the righteousness of God in Christ, there will be a constant struggle with a poor self-image, feelings of condemnation, and being unworthy. And how many of you know people like that? Maybe you're not that way. I hope you're not that way. But how many of you, how many of you know well-meaning Christians that their head's just down and they just look at themselves as poor old sinners? Well, if you have that kind of attitude, how can you do anything for God? That's why it's so important. Your witness will be ineffective and there'll be no spiritual growth your prayer life will be unfruitful. Listen, if you don't know you're the righteousness of God in Christ, you will not come boldly before the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I told you this, and there are certain times, and I'll never forget this, and I've already you know, shared with you, after the flood, you're almost in shock. Dean and I were talking about that this morning. Think back the way it was. Do you remember when you walked in here after the flood? What a, was it a mess? Did it smell? You know, you're almost in shock. You are in shock. And I'll never forget that Monday morning, you know, after that weekend when we started cleaning up. I can remember standing in my office and looking out upon the church And I lifted my voice. And I mean, I lifted it. You probably could have heard me a mile away. And I yelled. And I I declared and decreed a thing. Remember? in In the Bible in Job, it says, You declare and decree a thing, and it shall be established for you, and light shall shine upon your pathway. I stood up, and I declared and decreed that this Facility would be restored in Jesus' name. 
that we would have, you know, better everything than we had before. And I didn't do it in a wimpy. I, I just don't like wimpy. God, just wimpy doesn't appeal to me. And I have to watch it when I get around wimpy people. My wife and I aren't drawn to wimpy people. So that should mean you're not wimpy. Because you're here. And you're, you're not following wimpy leaders. I, I've got other words for it, but I can't share it today. We're in the house of God. If you want to know, wait till we get out and I'll tell you what I'm... And I, I, I stood up and I yelled and I said, this is the way it's going to be, God. The good work you've begun, you're going to finish it. We're not done yet. I got all, all said and done and I declared and decreed a thing. And did I feel any better? No. I still had to look at the results of all the flood. Your, your mind's going, what are we going to do? How are we going to pay for it? There's no insurance. Da, 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 da. But, in, you know, that's what faith is. Calling those things that be not as though they were. So faith rose up and I declared and decree a thing. Now, you can't do that and I can't do that unless you know who you are. I'm a son of God. He loves me. I'm a child of God. He cares for me. His eyes upon me. He continually has hold of me by his right hand, leading and guiding me. He's a good God. He's a wonderful God. He's a wonderful heavenly father. He cares about me. And there's some days I think, God, how... How can you do anything with me? You all have days like that. But he can. But see, if you continually put yourself down and whine and moan, and we go through that. We go through times. I don't care who you are. If you're a five-fold ministry gift, if you're the pinky toe or you're, you know, the neck, whatever, part of the Christian body, you're going to have days like that. But it all comes down to knowing who you are. And that's this year. This is what I wanted you to realize. Who you are. You're a child of God. So act like it. You got struggles at work. You got struggles at home. God cares about it. Cry out to God. You know, I was watching Nebraska football, but I get fed up and walk in the other room. I, just, I can't sit and watch that when they play like that, but they won. <laughs> Did you watch that? They won. Get nervous, but they won. God's not done with us. God's not done with you. You are... God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Think it was all over, Kinsey, when you quit your teaching position? Did you have some days where you wonder, what am I going to do? Talked to your mama the other night. Yeah. She wondered too, but I said, you know, it turned out all right, didn't it? God's always got a backup plan. So if you're going through a difficult time right now or whatever you're dealing with, you're a child of God. He cares. He loves you. He's got a plan for you.
Amen? Now, if you and I know who we are in Christ, that we have God's righteous nature, you will be a confident and bold believer who knows how to pray. James 5.16 says, The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. Now, let me read that. That's amplified. This is a great translation. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man. See, that was me that morning. A righteous man. Not my righteousness. My righteousness, the Bible says, is as filthy rags. But it's... The righteousness of God. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. Does that that scripture apply to me, preacher? Yes, it does. Are you a child of God? If you know who you are, you're the righteousness of God in Christ. You can come boldly before his throne of grace. You can declare and decree a thing and it shall be established for you and light shall shine upon your pathway. God's ears are open to the cry of the righteous. Say say that with me. The Father's ears are open to my prayers because I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Second Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, let me ask you this. Is, how many of you were sinners? Don't raise your hand because you all were sinners. Some of you were better at it than others. Amen? How many, let me ask you this, how many of you, once you became a Christian, thought about some of the things you did before Jesus? Raise your hand. I mean, some of the things. Now, I, I know some of you, and I know what some of you were like and what you went through because I know your history. But the sad thing is, there are countless you know, all kinds of believers and Christians out there, the devil's sitting here on their shoulder perch, speaking into their ear, reminding them of who they used to be and what they used to do. Amen? Now, I, I was a fun sinner. I had fun. Now, don't sit there and try to think, what, what would you do? All I need to tell you, I I was raised in the 70s, like some of you, and I enjoyed every moment of it, except the next morning. And there's some things, I I told you, I had a high school buddy that we used to run around and we did a lot of things. And out of the blue, he, he texted me and it really threw me and he he sent me a picture of all my old drinking buddies. There were four of them. And I looked at them. I thought, my God, do I look that bad? One's had heart surgery and one cancer and one almost died. And 
my the best buddy, he's still he's still gone, but he's had two knee surgeries and three divorces and he says, We're coming up and I and I think it got her concerned. She now what are they're coming up. They want to go play golf. Well, all we did was drink. And I think they still do, and I'm sure they do, and that doesn't bother me. You, can go, you don't go to hell for drinking beer. You go to hell when you, you don't receive Jesus. See, I could say that today, and there'd be I'd fry people's hairs. And, my God, you, you know, we're so quick to point out sin. That's sin right there. Look at them socks. My God. Do you know what you were getting into when you came all the way from Europe to live with them for a year? You should have talked to me. I could have told you about him. The rest of the family's all right. He's the one. Look at them socks. Now you distracted me. But they were going to come up, and I haven't heard from them because one had to go into surgery, and he said it's going to take a while to recover. I hope they do come up. I told him I'd pray for him. Look at Romans 6, and then I'm going to read something to you, and we'll, we'll quit. Romans chapter 6. You're not the same person that you used to be because Jesus is your Lord and Savior. You just got to recognize what's yours and walk in it. Romans chapter 6, verse 6. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him. The old man. That the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin, for he who has died has been freed from sin. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad sin doesn't have a hold on you and I anymore? I started to say earlier, I don't think about stuff I used to do. The devil, does, it doesn't work anymore, perched on my shoulder, speaking to my ear, what I used to do and how I used to act. Why? Because I know who I am now. I'm a new creation. I'm a child of God. That doesn't work. Well, he'll try other things, but I don't live in the past. You shouldn't live in the past. If you've got Christ in your heart, you need to live for the future and move forward. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death has no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you, that means you and I, reckon, your, reckon yourself... Or consider yourselves to be dead indeed to sin. Say, I'm dead to sin, but I'm alive to God. In Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lusts. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourself to God as being alive from the dead. And your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. 
You don't need to have a sin consciousness. You need to have a righteousness consciousness. And if you'll con- continue... See, the mind can go on one way or the other. It can lean towards the flesh, that carnal nature, or it can lean towards God's righteous nature. Now, I want to I read to you, because he says it the best. Rick Renner, the Greek scholar, and he talks about this. He says... Most Christians are so conscious of their own sinful nature that they have great difficulty embracing the truth that they've been declared righteous. If you were to tell them they are righteous, they'll likely respond by telling you how bad they are. Sinful nature always clings to what is worst and most negative. It will always gravitate downward and never upward. That is the nature of the mind that isn't under the control of the Holy Spirit. The sinful flesh, if not mortified by the sanctifying power of God's Spirit, will follow its negative leanings all the way to the grave. If abandoned to your flesh, (coughs) you'll never believe a good report. You'll never believe God is doing a good work in you. And you'll certainly never believe you've been made the righteousness of God in Christ. Negative base. Sinful thinking has been a part of our humanity for so long that it requires a special convincing work of the Spirit of God to make us realize the supernatural work that God has done inside us. When the Father says, you're my child and I've made you righteous, we must receive the Holy Spirit's special work of convincing us of our right standing with God. If we don't, Our negatively charged mind and emotions will retort, it's not so, I'm unworthy, I'm unholy, I'm so pitiful. How many of you know people like that? Too many Christians fall in this trap. But that is like throwing the comp... Now listen, I want you to listen. Are you listening? I won't go much longer. Listen to this statement. Too many Christians fall in this trap... But that's like throwing the compliment back in God's face. These people love the Lord, but they fail to understand and esteem the work he's done for them. A work that cost him greatly. He put forth his best work to redeem them and make them new creations in Christ Jesus. And yet they have nothing good to say about themselves. The Bible tells us explicitly that we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. Another version of this verse could read, We are a product of his very own marvelous, marvelously created Christ Jesus, created in Christ Jesus, created under the influence and control of his divine power. Pardon me, this thing in my mouth drives me nuts. Let me read it again. We are a product of his very own marvelous, marvelously created in Christ Jesus, created under the influence and control of his divine power. This is a powerful, life-changing truth, but it requires the Holy Spirit to move this truth from our heads, where? To our hearts. Just as the Holy Spirit must convict the sinner of his lost condition, he must also convince us of our position of right standing with God. 
Say, I have right standing with the Father. Say it. We are so negative in our old fleshly nature that it really does take a supernatural work of the Spirit to cause us to comprehend our new condition in Jesus Christ. This realization that we have been made righteous is just as supernatural as the lost man recognizing that he's lost. Let me say that again. This realization that we've been made righteous is just as supernatural as the lost man recognizing that he is lost. If you struggle with your self-image, feelings of condemnation, you need the Holy Spirit to do the convincing work in your life. Only he can open your eyes to really see and your ears to really hear who you have become in Christ Jesus. Do you see how important the Holy Spirit is? I told him the other day, I said, I'm so sorry. Times that I have closed my ears off to you, not listened to you, went the way of the flesh, not obeyed you, grieved you. See, we grieve the Holy Spirit when we disobey his promptings. I've been a a pastor for, I don't know, 30 plus, 5 plus years. And I still know there are times that I don't talk to the Holy Spirit. He's in me. He's on me. He's a real person. He has emotions. You can grieve him. Oh, the times that I must have grieved him. See, now I could go off into a pity party and think, oh my God, there's no hope for me. But you know what? He still loves me. He's still working with me. I'm a work in progress. You think you are? Dear Lord. I'm still a work in progress. If you struggle with condemnation, self-image, you need the Holy Spirit. Say, I need the Holy Spirit. Once your eyes and ears have been opened and you understand you've been made righteous, you will never throw the truth back in in God's face and argue with him again. Now, when the Holy Spirit reminds you that you've been made righteous, you will cry out with joy, thank you. That's exactly what I am. Are you going to see yourself different in the days ahead? We're almost done with another year. You and I don't have to keep being negative about yourself all the time. And maybe some of you aren't. Some lean with personality traits and family and that, that complaining gene. You lean this way. You need to bring yourself back to who you are in Christ. You don't have to beat yourself over the head, constantly reminding yourself of how unworthy you are. Jesus Christ made you worthy. Say that with me. Jesus Christ made me worthy. I have accepted the gift of salvation. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. 
The past is gone. The future's bright. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Think that way. Devil comes along and perches on your shoulder and starts, you know, telling you about who you used to be and there's no hope for you. Well, tell him he's a liar. He's the father of lies. This is who I am. Reminding, remind him who you are. Remind yourself daily who you are. When you wake up in the morning, I'm so grateful that I'm a child of God. I'm so thankful that you're my heavenly father. Jesus, I love you and I thank you for the ultimate price you paid for my redemption. Holy Spirit, I need your help today. I'm going to talk and commune with you throughout the day, Holy Spirit, because I know you're with me. You're not going to leave me. Talk to God. Some of you are good at talking or babbling, one or the other. We all can do that, but direct your conversation up. Talk to the Father. Thank Him every day for some of the things He's given you. There's some days, she likes John Cook. He was interviewed. He's an honest coach. Somebody asked him the other night after the volleyball, who were they playing? And they won, but they just played like crap. And the announcer said something to him. And and he just, no, we're not where we're supposed to be. And And he went on to say, well, he's honest. Amen? He's honest. You need to be honest with yourself. You need to be honest. You know, there's some days that woman there, she drives me nuts. But I couldn't. You're good at it. But I couldn't live without her. I'd be a mess. I probably wouldn't be standing here today without my wife. Yeah, she sometimes. And I do that to her after 30 some years. <laughs> I was somewhere the other day, and they, well, we've been married four months, and I never, never have an argument with my wife. And I looked at him, and I said, you're an idiot. I said, wake up. I've been at this 38 years. There will be an opportunity for fights. Stand up this morning. Let's pray this. I want you to, I'm just going to read it, and it's so good, and it's, it's short. But say, Father, I ask you to bring me to the place of realization where I really understand the righteousness that has been imparted to me through Jesus Christ. I don't want to struggle with guilt and condemnation anymore. Since Jesus was made sin for me, that I could be made the righteousness of God in him. Help me to step into that place of awareness and remain there forever free. I declare by faith that I am the righteousness 
of God in Christ Jesus. I didn't earn it or deserve it. But by faith, I repented and I received righteousness as the free gift of God. I do not struggle with my past. It has no hold on me. I am, in fact, a new creature, totally new in Christ. The Holy Spirit has done His work to convince me of my right standing with the Father. And I am free from the past forever. Say forever again. Amen. Now, if you'll apply some of this, what we've been sharing with you, your life will change. You'll hold your head a little higher. There'll be more spring in your step. You encounter a problem or something, you're not going to cave in. Because you're a child of God. And if God be for you, who can be against you? Amen. I bless this body of believers today. Holy Spirit, you have heard what the Word of God has stated this day. Watch over that Word in the hearts and the lives of every member here. Help us. Take our stand as believers. I thank you, Lord, for a bold, aggressive, confident, successful body of believers at Harvest Church. Lord, it's our desire to bear fruit for you. And we can't do it unless we know who we are in Christ. So we're trusting you, Holy Spirit, to continue to convince us of these truths in the days ahead. So we thank you, Father. I call these people blessed spiritually, blessed physically, blessed financially in the name of Jesus. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Now, yeah, I want to pray for Brian today. Brian's really been dealing with back. He's got a pinched nerve. He's he's just really struggling, a lot of pain, and he's going in for an MRI. And uh, they said, really, there was not a lot of damage that they could see, but they're going to have to do something. How many of you ever, ever had back pain? Oh, my God. It's not good. But you know what? We're the righteousness of God in Christ, and therefore the effectual fervent prayers of righteous people avail much. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, we speak to his back. We speak to those nerve endings. We speak healing and health. We command pain to go. Wisdom flow to the doctors. Father, we thank you that you sent your word to heal Brian and deliver him. We bind infirmity in Jesus' name and loose healing and health. I bind infirmity over this congregation and loose healing and health. Strength for another day in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen, amen, amen. Anything else? Work night at 6.30, and uh, we'll see you then. God bless you. Thank you.